0: Starting January 3rd, the only place to catch OutKick's original and fearless content, it's uh, live on OutKick.com, our website, OutKick.com. Go there and just click on the watch tab, and that can be your one-stop shop for all things OutKick. OutKick.com slash watch. Comeback player of the year. Damar Hamlin was minus 425 going into Thursday Night Football. Something like that. Last night. And it... It's now a very close and tight race. It's, the odds are neck and neck, basically.
1: No, not quite. Hamlin's still the favorite, about minus 150, minus, minus 155, depending on That's where you shop. That's quite the drop. That is quite the drop.
0: And it's Joe Flacco right behind
1: yeah, it. Yeah, Flacco plus 120, the cheapest odds plus 115, and then Baker Mayfield kind of way back in third place at 10 to 1.
0: See, uh, Baker has, I think, a stronger argument. He's been on, what, four teams in the last 12 months. Nothing was going on in Carolina. Cleveland didn't want him. And then all of a sudden the Rams happened. They had that final drive. And I'm looking around going, which Baker Mayfield is this? Because I think what really hurt him in Cleveland was the leadership factor. I don't think it was there either in Carolina. Short run in LA. And now in Tampa but Bay. it wasn't
1: a bad run in LA. No, it, was, it was like was fine. It was but, like LA was good for him. It kind of gave him that spark to yeah, but, feel but really good nothing, about himself.
0: nothing to really figure out if that behind-the-scenes leadership, face-of-the-franchise type guy was there. That's Because I, I don't think he had that at the very end with his running with, with Cleveland. Because, I mean, it was, it was uh, when Odell Beckham Jr. left, the reports were like half the locker room was on Beckham's side. And then there was... Half the locker room that was was cool with the quarterback, and we know how that ended. Um, of course, we do. Both guys are gone. Yeah. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking we still don't know based on the Rams' short run which Baker Mayfield this is, and guys have bought in in Tampa behind him.
1: They sure have
0: on um, a one year contract.
1: I'm telling you, I was I was not buying in right week one. Right. They they went in as you know sizable underdogs. Pulls off the upset yep. at Minnesota. Yep. And then they kind of faltered there at home, lost to the Eagles, lost to the Lions. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go in Tampa. Yes. Todd Bowles, this defensive-minded coach, can't seem to win football games. And basically, since that Lions loss, they have been trending upwards in a very nice fashion. I do like the Saints this weekend um, in a buy low, kind of sell high spot on I Tampa. I can't wait
0: until later with our NFL We'll get, we'll get
1: into that. But I do think Baker deserves a ton of credit. I think Todd Bowles deserves a ton of credit. The defense has really been able to step up. And Baker's kind of one of those wild card type of guys. Yep. Where you don't always know what you're going to get from him, but he's going to go out there and he's going to make plays. He's kind of a gamer in that respect.
0: But this year, uh, it's, it's very consistent based on what we've seen. So four teams in a 12-month span, better passer rating than Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. To, I mean, and the, the numbers offensively, they're running the football in Tampa. We haven't seen that in a while. Correct. And, I mean, they, they had the worst rushing offense for a season and a half in the NFL prior coming in. And Baker Mayfield is coming off the best two-game stretch of the year um, and, I mean, of his career. I mean, if you, I haven't looked at his career, but it's what we've seen from him in Tampa. The two games to finish the year, they're in the driver's seat, in the NFC South, which is nothing to write home about. But no one's talking about Baker Mayfield. They're talking about Flacco, and Flacco just got there.
1: I would agree with that. But I think at this point it's a two-horse race. I really do. Because here's what what people are going to vote on. Emotion or recency bias. There's not going to be anything in between. right? So if we're going to vote on emotion, DeMar Hamlin and what we all saw last year in primetime, they're going to vote on that. The fact that he came back and is on a football field no matter how many snaps he's played.
0: We thought the guy died, and we watched it play out. Correct. That was how I viewed that Monday night game.
1: And so that, based on what I've been told and how people vote, Mm -hmm. most voters are going based on injury – or something really significant happening in your life, Michael Vick, obviously coming back from prison. Yeah, Those types of things.
0: And Geno Smith is the Baker Mayfield of last year.
1: He is. And so Geno was kind of that one little asterisk that was a little different there because Gino just hasn't really shown over the course of his career what he was able to do last year, one year yeah. in Seattle. And also there was nothing really significant last year, and correct me if I'm wrong, that was a, a devastating injury for anybody to come back from that should have been there given There were,
0: um, Derrick Henry was coming back from injured reserve. Um, there were a hand, I mean, handful of injuries there, of course, but, but not to the level of Geno Smith not panning out with New York. It's been a you know, what's a, with, a what's with the quarterbacks
1: leaving New York and then going on, uh, epic runs their next season? That's so something to be you're said. You're saying
0: it's great for Zach Wilson, is that what you're saying?
1: Maybe I want Zach Wilson in Denver. Maybe that's what I'm saying.
0: So here's a, here's a couple of uh, voters on this award. Uh, Dan Pompey in Chicago. Flacco is not a traditional comeback player of the year candidate, but he should be considered, nonetheless, the award should go to a player who overcame something and accomplished something of significance. Arguably, at this point, Flacco fits that description as well as anyone, with the exception of Lamar Jackson, who might not get as much consideration for this award because he's an MVP candidate. Um, Kaufman in Tampa. It would be a travesty to consider Flacco a better candidate uh, for Comeback Player of the Year than Baker Mayfield. Flacco has played all of four games, while Mayfield has been under center for a surging Tampa Bay team on the brink of clinching its third consecutive division title. Uh, that, that is the... That's the comeback season. Shereen Williams says, there isn't a definition of Comeback Player of the Year, so you have to make your own. My own criteria is player coming back from something, an injury most likely not from riding the bench or having a down season. And Barry Wilner. while it's fair to consider anyone making any sort of comeback award, I would think Flacco would fall behind Baker Mayfield among candidates. Although he barely played this season, I would still cast my vote for DeMar Hamlin. Regardless of his playing time, that's truly a remarkable comeback. So that's just a, a flurry of opinion based those on talk all, of fame.
1: Those people all have a vote. Yes. Okay. That's interesting because I had said... I think it was on Tuesday when we started this conversation that there was an 80% implied odds that DeMar Hamlin was going to win. And I didn't think that he should win because he hasn't really come back. Yes. He's come back from.
0: You're saying to play a significant portion of the season.
1: Correct. Right. Whereas Joe Flacco has come back and in five games, over 1600 yards, over 320 yards per game, 13 touchdown passes, 60% completion and a 90 QBR. So, I would agree with you that Flacco should probably be in this two-horse race, but it, it is really hard for me to want to place a wager based on people that get to vote emotionally.
0: So, um, I mean, the, the Hamlin comeback is remarkable to me. I, I don't know why we haven't heard or discussed more just from the, the just from a sports fan perspective of what Bronny James has done, of what we've seen from the, the other USC player, what, a year and a half ago. Um, and how quickly these guys have returned from a well, cardiac incident?
1: Ke- Keontae Johnson played for Kansas State last year. He was not cl- he was not cleared by the University of Florida, so he entered the transfer portal, and came back, was and, awesome, and was you know in, a, in an elite eight game. I mean that those types of things are generally unheard of from an athletic standpoint, from a human standpoint.
0: I mean, uh, from the emotions of how Joe Buck and Aikman, and then Susie Kolber back in the studio. And how the coverage of that moment hit everyone—like non-football fans, non-sports fans—are tuning into that. Like, what? Hang on, what's going on? Because their their husband, their boyfriend, uh, whatever, uh, their son—are their mom? Look at this! Like, or you know, you got to get in here and see this. This is crazy. I've never seen anything like this. And and as he he's carted off the field, you're thinking, did is he dead? There was no update for a bit. And then all of the emotions poured in from literally everyone who's donating to his charitable causes, all of it. And then, you know, just the, the coverage of his return to Buffalo after a week or whatever it was, and the fact that nine months after that, and he, he returned to Buffalo for uh, practice and was on the roster in the preseason, but played in a regular season game nine months after that, I think is remarkable. Um, on a near-death experience and a cardiac Arrest. I mean, again. I,
1: I'm i trying to think I, of how I felt that night because obviously I was watching the game. But I don't think that I had that immediate panic that you're telling me. because Well, it,
0: not, not panic. Just like – um sorry, then, the, then the coverage was about the, the NFL wanted to resume the, the game. Of course they did. The That's what I remember re- more thinking the about. The players –
1: we're like, we're, no, we're like, not. We're not
0: playing. Yeah. We're not playing.
1: And that was obviously the right call.
0: Yes. And the coaches got together and said, Yeah, we're doing we're we're not playing.
1: So that was where my more my more focus was because I didn't yeah. I didn't think, because obviously we had never seen it before, that someone could possibly be deceased on a football field. That was never where my brain went. Yeah. I just remember there was a lot of discussion and then them saying, Okay, the game's not being resumed, and texting with some of my friends being like what is going on? I had not
0: And then Twitter was uh, well of course social well, media era, is always
1: you know? way ahead of what's really going on, right? Like right. everybody's got Everyone their opinions out doctor. there. Uh, of course everybody's a doctor. Yeah. Twitter doctor. I mean, again, yeah. like
0: in, just in the moment, you're watching everything play out live. That that's how I reacted to it. Like just observing things from a thirty thousand foot view. And though that night I think resonates with a lot of people covering that game, uh, either there or on the outside looking in and the fact that he played is why he's the favorite to win the award. Flacco what Flacco's doing is also crazy because I'm still sitting here thinking the Browns can go to the Super Bowl. That defense is incredible. And they've lost their star running back one to, a team that has in a in an era where the NFL does not invest in that position, they lose the guy that they have invested in. And then the guaranteed money player and controversial quarterback is down and out on injured reserve. And they're doing it with their fourth guy. And Flacco's tearing it up after the Jets have refused to bring him in.
1: So if you really think the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl, it looks Not like. Not win.
0: I think they can make the run. I mean, I'm saying they. I mean.
1: Okay, so then we think they can win the ceiling. AFC? Yeah. So AFC is 14 to 1 to win the AFC, 37 to 1 to win the Super Bowl still.
0: And think about what those odds were when they're on their third quarterback, backup QB. You know, like, uh, they're on Thompson Robinson, and the week after that, they're choosing to go with P.J. Walker, the veteran. They beat the 49ers.
1: I know they did. And it was, like, where everybody that had 49ers tickets was starting to panic. They thought, you know, hey, this is the downfall of this team. They just lost to P.J. Walker.
0: And the the idea that the team still buys in going through all of of that mess. Uh, Yeah, I mean... I love I love both votes there. Both have compelling votes. It's just the, the medical side of what Hamlin did and what he's done um, and how everyone across the country watched it happen play out live. And nine months later, he's playing in a regular season game for Buffalo is remarkable. So
1: the reason why I brought up recency bias is because this is how people tend to vote.
0: Yes, you're right. And it's that's how you finish for the Heisman, too.
1: Exactly, right? So it's not what you did the first six weeks of the season, it's what you did the yep. last seven. And that's kind of where I'm thinking because DeMar was over a year ago at this point in time. Yeah. yeah. You're right. I actually, when you were speaking, I had to reflect where was I? What was I thinking about? Because sometimes people like me tend to put bad things, you know, back on the back burner so that you don't you don't focus on that. You focus on the good of things. And so maybe depending on who has a vote and what they've decided. But, yeah, I, I want to say DeMar Hamlin was, has been the frontrunner the entire season for this award. Well,
0: and, and by the way, whenever we discussed this earlier this week, I was guessing who was the frontrunner. I wasn't naming Hamlin. I wasn't thinking about him. But Vegas certainly is. They've got that, that locked down. But it dropped significantly. Oh, and, yeah. And reading through the comments, a lot of the voters are now mentioning Flacco. But they're not mentioning Baker Mayfield. Which except is for odd. the guy in tampa <laughs> well yeah but but you're right how but is that the perception of baker mayfield and how he's been the journeyman because locker rooms haven't
1: i mean you know, maybe for my geographical magn- location i've had baker kind of in mind because it's yeah. there
0: and no one's watching tampa because no one's paying attention to the nfc south
1: well why would you I mean, the- there's, there's, there's nothing exciting about the NFC South right now, right now it's You're a right. bunch of mediocre teams in a slugfest to and see they're playing can-
0: each other currently.
1: Yes. And, and so there's nothing, you know, I was supposed to take grandma to the game on Sunday. She's a big saints fan. And I said, yeah, we'll go to this bucks game. Well, normally in Tom Brady era, yes, this was a primetime game. When Drew Brees, or not Derek Carr, (laughs) was the quarterback (laughs) for the Saints, we would go to this game. (laughs) Even last year, it was a primetime game. It's not anymore. It's a 1 o'clock game, and I'm thinking, oh, this isn't going to work out well, and I'm sorry, but we're not going to go. And I bet I could get the cheapest tickets of the last three years. It's just nobody cares about the NFC South right now.
0: I mean, or the AFC South. However, C.J. Stroud has been the discussion for Rookie of the Year, and he's back this week.
1: And I'm glad he's back because we need something to get a buzz going there. Um, Houston has been really exciting to watch as an underdog, and I've really enjoyed them. Yes. But my problem is here – Now we're asking the Titans. uh, The line's leveled out. I just pulled up the latest odds. It was five and a half at the height yesterday. Now it's back down to four. Maybe, Maybe I could be enticed to bet CJ Stroud here.
0: Interesting. I want to see if you're jumping on the road bandwagon with Levis coming back as well, with the two rookies meeting up. Coming up, we'll discuss quarterbacks, who to start, who to sit. Michael Fabiano joins us for the latest on fantasy football, so you get that win in the postseason. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow, Kelly Stewart, and Kelly in Vegas now in Nash Vegas, uh, joining us on Tuesday as well. Correct?
1: No, I'm going home tonight.
0: No, I know, but on Tuesday, I don't know. Are you on the show? I don't know.
1: That's a great question.
0: Okay, I'm gonna maybe find I just out. told you.
1: You might have just told me that I didn't know about. Uh,
0: We'll find out if Withrow is back or not from the snowstorm. If
1: he's still snowed in. If if he has snowed in, I'll fill in for him. In
0: Nebraska. Uh, I I take that to mean Kelly's not on Tuesday. (laughs)
1: Listen, I am just a team player here at Outkick. If you guys need me, I'm there.
0: Love that. Uh, Also great. And every Friday, Michael Fabiano joins us. Fantasy football guru, expert. He crushes it. I can't wait to find out his record in the 112 leagues he's currently playing in. Uh, Michael, great to have you on the show again. And uh, Kelly is all about the numbers. Give the numbers on how many playoff wins you have currently.
2: So the the total was 15 leagues going in. Okay. uh, Playoffs in 12. uh, I'm in five championships. And believe it or not, the league that I went undefeated during the regular season is not one of them, which goes to show that one bad week uh, even in an undefeated season can mean you're going home. Uh, I unfortunately uh, ran into Amari Cooper <laughs> who didn't play last night. Why couldn't he have not played last week? I would have advanced, but it is what it is. So uh, I'm in five championships.
1: Michael, all you need to know is that Clay Travis plays third in our big money league. That should tell you how this year's fantasy league <laughs> has gone for me and my group. Uh, the team that scored the most points did not even make the playoffs
2: see that that's why you have to have a six seed that is the highest scoring team not in the top five in the standings because fantasy football let's be honest I mean you could know everything uh there is to know about the NFL luck is a, a big part of it and so when a team scores the most points and doesn't get into the playoffs to me there's something wrong with that yeah I know ultimately it's... like the the whole factor is that you want to win but how do you win you score points so I think you have to, you have to reward teams that score a lot of points. Yeah. And at least week, one of those teams get in.
1: We face the toughest defenses. It was so rough. Uh, but don't worry, I'm going to have them clip that, send that to the group. <laughs> and so that my voters uh, for next year understand the significance of a yeah. team like that getting in. All
2: the high stakes leagues. And, you know, this is where people are putting up, you know, a lot of cheddar. Those leagues, it'll start with the number one seed being the best record. The second seed is the team with the highest point total, uh, who's not number one, and so on and so forth. I mean, we're we're trying to score points here. That's what's going to tell you whether or not you have a good or bad team. Uh, I've seen teams that have scored bottom five in terms of points, but they also had the fewest points scored against them, so they got lucky. And and you want to try to eliminate that as much as possible. I know it's hard to do it completely, but at least rewarding teams for scoring a lot of points like uh, Tommy Dreamer, who is a, a wrestling hardcore icon is a buddy of mine. And he's in one of my dynasty leagues. He was five and eight during the regular season, but he won the sixth seed because he scored the most points outside of the teams in the top five. He's in the championship. And he's like, how did I even get to the championship? I'm like, cause you scored a lot of points.
0: Michael Fabiano with us here on hot mic with hunting Withrow. withrow uh, Let's get to the stardom and sit And uh, from there, we'll go to specifics. You like Brock Purdy on the road this week.
2: I'd like you uh, against the Commanders. I mean, they just stink. <laughs> like their their defense is so bad, and they have injuries to the starters. So the starters stink. Imagine what the backups are going to be like. So, yeah. uh, Brock Purdy's and he's also got to be a little bit salty after throwing four picks on national TV last week. Uh, I like DeAndre Swift this week against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, They've allowed the third most fantasy points to running backs in the last four weeks, and Swift has seen twenty touches in two straight games. Javante Williams has got the lightning bolts. Really the only good game he's had in the last month and a half has been against LA. So I would play him against the chargers. Nico Collins is getting CJ Stroud back. He's got a great matchup against the Titans. He is a very good play. Uh, Also going to go with Rasheed Rice against the Bengals. I know the numbers were not great last week for Rice, but typically he's been better more often than not. uh, And he's getting targeted a lot. So Rasheed Rice should be in your starting lineup.
0: Before we get to the sits this week, do, would you start Lamar Jackson or C.J. Stroud, based on C.J. Stroud coming back and facing the Titans defense?
2: Yeah, I'd go with Lamar.
0: Uh, no doubt?
2: No. I Stroud's got a great matchup, but, I mean...
0: They've been very be even hard for, me. for me this season. I've got both.
2: Yeah, I mean, Miami's defense, I, I don't know that it's great. And uh, Lamar's coming off a, a really good performance. They're at home. I, I I'd go with Lamar here.
0: Tua is not a play for you against... Uh, what is uh, a, a good and interesting matchup uh, against a Baltimore team that is on a, a week of short short rest, and, well, they just beat a great lineup.
2: This is, this is a huge game in the AFC for seeding as well. And, you know, you yeah. could come out and say, well, the Ravens might let down after beating the Niners. The Dolphins might let down after beating the Cowboys, which, by the way, Mike McCarthy drives me nuts. <laughs> Why do you give a fullback who barely touches the ball The ball near the goal line on the first drive. Anyways, I I don't want to get into it. I'm going to get mad. Uh, But uh, uh, Like Arthur uh, Smith. (laughs) That is the Grinch of uh, fantasy football in terms of coaches. Uh, But two who had an awesome game against the Ravens last year, and sometimes these things go sideways, but the bottom line here is that Baltimore has given up the second fewest points. If you follow the process, two is not a good play. Same thing with Tony Pollard. And I'm a Cowboys fan. If you maybe didn't pick up on that. The Lions have given up the fewest rushing yards, the fewest fantasy points, the fewest points on runs to running backs. They are very tough on that position. So Pollard is a tough play. And so is Devon Achan. Now, a few weeks ago, if I had put him on the sit list, you'd have probably fitted me for a straight track. The guy has been awesome. Yeah. Lately, not so much. I think he's a little bit banged up, uh, and the matchup against Baltimore is not great. I'd also be aware of Calvin Ridley. If Trevor Lawrence plays, and we're not sure if he's playing yet, If he plays, it makes Ridley a more attractive option than if it's C.J. Bethard. But regardless, uh, the Panthers are tough on wide receivers, mostly because teams run the ball down their throats. And then finally this week, we we hate the Drake. We hated the Drake last week. He didn't have a good game. We hate the Drake again this week uh, against the Bears. Uh, They've allowed one touchdown to a perimeter receiver uh, over the last four weeks, and Drake is not seeing enough targets. So uh, did you guys get the Seinfeld reference?
1: Don't ask me about Seinfeld references because I'm not it, but I want to comment on your Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Bathard statement there. We have to assume Trevor's playing until he doesn't. I mean, this man has never missed a game, right? At at this point in time, that was all the talk last week. They marched him out there, hurt or not.
2: Yeah, right. We're not sure right now. I mean, remember, you know, the ankle and the walk down the tunnel where, you know, where's the golf cart and then, you know, he's, he was in concussion protocol and then he hurt his shoulder. I don't know. I mean, he, you know, it, like cats have nine lives. I don't know how many lives he has in terms of injuries and uh, getting out there on the field, but we, we certainly are going to have to wait and see that may not be something that comes down until uh, a game time decision, but even still, he ain't hundred percent. There's a chance he gets knocked out of the game. Uh, that makes Lawrence a risk, even if he does come back. And again, the matchup's not great.
0: No idea if you have the numbers for this or not, but, Players, and specifically quarterbacks coming out of concussion protocol uh, the following week. Do you trust that or not? Because again, like it's that, a slow progression to you, clear that process.
2: You so have CJ Stroud and you so want to play him, and you're trying to get all the information that you can <laughs> about CJ Stroud. I got to be honest with you, I do not have that information, but I will tell you this I have not hesitated to start a quarterback uh, who has been cleared uh, in any week. Uh, and okay. honestly, I like Stroud this week. The matchup is really good. I just, Lamar to me, is just a better option
0: from, uh, uh, this percent Kelly, if she doesn't like a, a, a bet based on the line or not trusting either team, we'll just stay away from it. Is there a player week to week that more than likely you just try, you, you really don't know. So you don't stay, you don't say start or sit either way as, as far as the locks for you.
2: Well, I mean, uh, I, I I don't do that. I mean, I, I'm not afraid to to tell people to sit Patrick Mahomes, I, and I've actually done that a lot. And this That's year crazy. it would be him. Yeah. He hadn't been good. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, and people look him out, oh, he's great. Dude, I'd rather have Brock Purdy this year in fantasy than Patrick Mahomes. In the last month, um, oh, by the way, breaking news, Trevor Lawrence ruled out, uh, so he okay. will not play. CJ Beathard will play. Um, I, I'd rather have Joe Flacco in the last month. Joe Flacco's been Awesome. I mean, the, the guy threw for 300 yards against the Jets. I mean, that doesn't happen. He, this guy was on his couch playing with his five kids. And he's out there throwing for 300 yards and one half against arguably one of the best defenses against the pass in the league. Maybe not so much lately, but I, Pat, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, I hesitated to tell people to start him starting probably around midseason. I was like, "Yeah, this offense don't look right. And Kelsey's, you know, in the news with Taylor Swift. God bless him. I'm so jealous. but. Uh, You know, the numbers have not been great. And uh, even Kelsey's coming out and saying that, you know, it's been bad lately. It's been really hard because this team is not used to failure. And, you know, to lose to the Raiders at home when they didn't complete a pass after the first quarter. Like, that's crazy town. So Mahomes would probably be that guy. Um, People, I had Mahomes in one league and I, I got knocked out already. Uh, I I had no chance because I didn't have another quarterback. I thought he'd be good and he wasn't. So, Where would
0: Jalen Hurts be on that list with the turnovers he's had?
2: Nah, I've never told anybody to sit Jalen Hurts. He's too good. I mean, the guy rushes for double. He's rushed for double-digit touchdowns in now three straight years. He's the only quarterback in the history of the league to do that. I I would never tell people to start uh, to sit Hurts. I think I might have told people to beware of Josh Allen when he played, you know, it was the Patriots or something like that, or the Jets. I don't remember which one it was uh, specifically. But
0: L- lost both, lost one game but, to at least both. Right, they played the right, Patriots right. this week.
2: Yeah. So, but I mean, typically you're going to stick with your studs, but this year has been the year where you're kind of like looking at think out of, outside of the box, right? Mason Rudolph had 20 points last week. It was Christmas, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but, like, we've seen backup quarterbacks go bananas this year, right? I mean, remember that that Thursday night game, Pittsburgh and New England, we're all like, oh, this game's going to suck. Bailey Zappi and, and at that point it was Mitch Trubisky both scored over 20 points. It's like, what the hell's going on? Okay. You know that line from Ghostbusters, like cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria? That's kind of been what we're looking at with the back of quarterbacks this year. So I don't mind thinking outside of the box. If you started Joe Flacco over Patrick Mahomes this week, God bless you. Yeah, Michael. Uh, Because it's been working. As somebody who lost to Jake Browning, (laughs) because that was the
1: only (laughs) quarterback they could pick up. In uh, the last week before the playoffs, that cost me the playoffs. I think he had over thirty points in that game. I mean, these mm-hmm. were this was the year of the backup quarterbacks. So I completely agree.
0: So uh, there's one that's back in in Stidham, uh, another backup starting, and we've seen Sparks. Uh, just an example of my uh, another league I'm in. I've been to, and, uh, and we'll, we've got a minute left. Or, no, excuse me, two minutes left. Um, I'm, I'm not. I don't have Stidham. But I had Aaron Rodgers and then Anthony Richardson, and I'm playing, you know, just anyone that's playing currently that was available in free agency back and forth. Do you ride the 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 run that the backups have been on from a short perspective?
2: Uh, Jared Stidham has got a really good matchup this week. (laughs) He's playing the Chargers, and I know Joey Bosa is not playing. Uh, So uh, hell, why not? (laughs) I I think honestly, like it, it, it it would not be. Crazy for Stidham to go out there against the Chargers and have a good game. It just wouldn't, because that's what we've seen this year. Like people, Tommy DeVito for crying out loud was a thing. I, know. I and Tommy, the guy is a you know undrafted free agent, all of a sudden was the toast of New Jersey. Not anymore, but I, you know, like it's just been a really wacky season. It, the two storylines from a fantasy perspective uh backup quarterbacks um you know you mentioned it the year the backup quarterbacks and also the injuries the injuries have been insane not only to the quarterbacks not only to the running backs but the wide receivers like anybody who comes and tells me well i draft wide receivers because they don't get hurt as much that's a bunch of bs the wide receivers have gotten hurt maybe even more so lately than the running backs have right we lost tyreek for a game we lost pitman for a game Keenan Allen has missed the last few games. We've lost Jamar for a bunch of games. Justin Jefferson didn't play half the season. Cooper Cup was hurt a whole bunch of times. I, I could keep going on and on and on. Uh, wide receivers have gone down at the worst possible times for us in fantasy this season. That's going to be another one of the storylines.
0: Michael Fabiano giving the fantasy football advice for your playoff season. Michael, thank you as always.
2: All right, guys. Happy New Year. Take care. Happy New Year.
0: Check his great workout. Sports Illustrated. He's- Perfect on there, You've making the playoffs. Hopefully you are as well. Coming up, speaking of the playoffs, uh, if a non-unbeaten team wins the title, Florida State, they're going to claim the title.